You know, we've been doing this program uh, for 14 months, and I have noticed it's a lot funner when your teams are winning. Um, yeah, about that. Uh, we've got you covered. Uh, we'll discuss everything uh, that went on this past weekend, and by golly, some very cool things going on in the week ahead. Uh, my name is Steve Courtney. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, thank you so very much to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for making this here radio show possible. Uh, meanwhile, when I woke up this morning, I knew it was going to be a very special day. Blake, you're here. You're the Iron Man, for crying out loud. Never miss. No, Never miss. No, because I think you're very enthusiastic about this show. I am. I love working with you, Steve. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Don't patronize me. Sounds good. Uh, but in addition to Blake, how about this? We are so very happy to be welcoming back my broadcast partner, Jamie Edmonds. Jamie. <laughs> Hi, Steve. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Uh, everything is well. Olivia is... Thriving, and you found it in your schedule to uh, join us here. Yes, she's thriving, great baby. But I thought, why not? I have fun doing this hour program. Let's let's get back to it. Well, and you're coming back from your hometown, Pittsburgh, and uh, Olivia was just a gem, sleeping to and fro. Yes. So the fact that she sleeps during the day was actually a positive for us as we drove to and from Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, still not sleeping at night. So if you want to call me at 3 a.m., I'll pick up. Well, maybe she's not uh, sleeping very well at night because it's dawned on her that uh, the Kenny Pickett era is underway and she's a little concerned. <laughs> I'm not concerned. It wasn't his fault. No. Against the Bills. Uh, we also have Nicholas Roddy back in the fold after uh, missing a little bit of time for uh, – this, that, and the other thing. Nick, what's going on there, laddie? Yeah. Hi, Steve. Jamie, welcome back. Thanks. Nice to see you. Good to see you. The band is back together. <laughs> Let's party. How about this? Uh, yeah. like we should golf. How about, well, you know what? A little late in the year, but uh, it has been discussed for uh, next season. You better believe it. Um, yeah, it is uh, a lot easier to do this here program when things are going well with your teams and for the kid here anyway, uh, it's, it's a difficult stretch uh, with what went down at the woodshed on Saturday. Look, the uh, Spartans were 27 and a half point underdogs to the uh, Buckeyes of Ohio state, then number three in all the land. And uh, it just didn't pan out. Uh, there were signs that maybe it would when, Charles Barkley had the pick six, tying it up at seven. They would cut the deficit to 21-13 with 10.43 left in the first half when uh, Peyton Thorne found Jaden Reed on that 18-yard touchdown reception. And you're thinking, okay, all right. Uh, but Ohio State is a damn good football team. Make no mistake about that. C.J. Stroud, considered by many to be possibly the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, 21-26 361 yards and six TDs to go along with that pick six. And uh, eventually it got to where the odds makers thought it would be, Jane. The, the defense just couldn't stop them. So you needed the offense to be on the field longer than it was, and they just couldn't muster much either. So it was kind of ugly, especially if you're a Spartan fan. Well, I think we discussed this 
uh, the broadcast crew, myself and George Blaha, Jason Strayhorn, uh, probably the most statistic, uh, uh, important statistic as applied to the Spartans was third down conversions. Uh, you had to get off the field. Uh, you're the Spartan defense. Uh, Ohio State finished 5 of 11 in third downs, but uh, I think into the fourth quarter, they were 4 of 5. They didn't have many third downs for crying out loud. That's how potent this offense is. Yeah, I mean, we knew this would sort of, well, we knew it would be a loss. We knew that. But did you think it would be as ugly as it was? Um, I, I, I think the one thing that was proven, the disparity between the Buckeyes and Mel Tucker and the Spartans is real. And I'm going to point something out. You know, Mel comes in in February of 2020, and it was the pandemic year. It was full-blown. Couldn't really get a whole lot accomplished. I think you can easily make the statement. And I know that Mel is in his third year, but I think the reality is he's in year two. So when you've lost four straight, and there's always expectation for Michigan State football, the noise starts. And who is he going to fire? Who's he going to let go? What's he going to do with personnel? Uh, I think Mel is already said publicly he is not planning on making any coaching changes. This is the same staff that he had a year ago with 11 wins. So there's that. I don't know if it's – to me it's too soon to talk about firing people. I mean, the Ohio State game, Ohio State's in a different level than everybody in the Big Ten. So I, I don't know. But the defense does look pretty rough. It looks, uh, yeah, very rough. And uh, he says that he and Scotty Hazelton, defensive coordinator, are going to, you know, break down the tape and assess and do that. But it's not going to get any easier. I mean, you've got Wisconsin coming in for homecoming on Saturday. Then you get a much-needed bye week. And then you go to Ann Arbor. So, um, you know, there's that. But, uh, you know, Mel's got a lot of confidence, I think, in himself as well as his staff and this team. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Meanwhile, uh, quickly, Michigan, we'll talk about this in depth uh, as this program unfolds. Michigan remains undefeated going into Bloomington and uh, knocking off the Hoosiers 31-10. It was a bit tight for a second, 10-10 at the half. But then Michigan's defense just uh, <laughs> kind of dominated the second half, allowing just 29 total yards. And uh, the Wolverine D finished with seven sacks that's like some you know thoughts of last year isn't it uh yeah and you know with everything they accomplished a year ago uh with the big 10 championship and uh you know getting to the final four uh you know some are saying that this defense is better and you know we'll have to see how it all plays out uh michigan though ironically enough with that win they fall a number five um so you know, is it a case of there's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State? Do you throw Michigan into that? Or is it the three schools I mentioned and everybody else? I think the latter, but we'll wait to see on Michigan. I mean, we saw the disparity last year in the college football playoff. I think it's probably the same. Uh, very important to note, and by golly, I'll do it right here. Running game coordinator Mike Hart, uh, who obviously played at Michigan, coached at Indiana before coming back to uh, Michigan. Uh, he collapsed in the uh, first quarter, and uh, he was taken to the hospital. Uh, and happy to report that 
he released a statement. He is back in Ann Arbor. And from a health standpoint, everything is going in the right direction. Thank goodness. I mean, that was a very scary situation. He's a fan favorite, a good guy. So I'm happy to hear that. Okay. We're going (laughs) to save our Lions commentary because uh, we'll be joined shortly by Mike O'Hara. But um, needless to say, it was yet another in a long series of gut punches, another gut punch. And I didn't see it happening. And I tried, Jamie, so very hard going into this regular season to not be overly optimistic about Dan Campbell, his staff, and his team. Um, But I was expecting more. You? I mean, as Steve Garagiola used to do on air, he would have this blue Kool-Aid and he said fans drink it every single year and they just love it. I think I got caught up in hard knocks a little bit. And, yeah, I was very optimistic about this year, about them being a little bit better. I think around the country, as it applies to the hard knockers, they gone. Gone. <laughs> so there, Yeah, if you Google Dan Campbell, I mean, there are people calling for his head now. So, yeah, things have changed. Oh, I uh, was online earlier today, and I stumbled across this uh, this thread. Uh, five top replacements for Dan Campbell. Yeah, I saw that too. Are we are we there already? I think no. No, absolutely not, for crying out loud. That's just silly talk. Uh, folks, we'll take a break. Come back with the aforementioned Mike O'Hare as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. You know, I've always been a big believer in the 24-hour rule. When something doesn't go right, uh, you just sit back reassess, um, and then take a fresh look at it. It's a 24-hour rule. Maybe as it applies to our Lions, it's like the 65-year rule. But anyway, uh, they fall in Foxborough to the Patriots yesterday, 29 to nothing. Along the way, Lions once again get themselves in the record books in a not-so-very-good way at all. We'll talk about it right now. Mike O'Hara joins us from DetroitLions.com. Mo, what's happening? Uh, not much. First of all, congratulations to Jamie. And Thank secondly, you. <laughs> congratulations. And secondly, the 24-hour rule expired three hours and 27 minutes ago. So well, that's true enough. Let's talk something else. Uh, you know, Mike. Uh, yes. You know, there are three-point dogs going in. Um, Bailey yeah. Zappi, uh, fourth-round selection in this past NFL draft, he uh, makes his first career start. And I got to be honest with you, the kid looked cool, calm, and collected. Uh, He uh, was 17 to 21, 188 yards, uh, very poised. And on the other side of things, the Lions, not very poised at all. As a matter of fact, Mike, I'll go as far as to say they were very ill-prepared to play that football game. Well, absolutely. I, I would I would agree with that. I don't think they were ready for a couple of the things that the you know, New England Patriots did to them, to their offense defensively, and and it really made a big difference in the game. Uh, Jared Goff from early on just it didn't look comfortable, and maybe it was wasn't sure what he was reading. You know, when I say reading, I'm talking about you know, receivers downfield. Not just not sure of where his protection was coming from, where the rush was coming from. And you know, he did. Uh, I wouldn't even call it scrambling. He fled the pocket. You know. A number of times and tried to keep plays alive and end up throwing the ball away 
a lot of times. So not a not a good uh, not a good effort for the Detroit Lions offensively. I thought they did they were a little better defensively than they had been, maybe more than a little bit better. But but clearly it was a one sided win for the Patriots. Mike, what is up with the Lions making these backups to backups look like Super Bowl contenders? This has been happening for years. You know, that's that's a good thing. I thought about that myself. And if, if you look at the record, they haven't won an awful lot of games against anybody. So I don't know why it should be all that different, really, but with with young quarterbacks. But this is the one. It just, it, you know, I made the I made the, the Patriots my my pick in that game. It, it just didn't feel right for the Lions to be right just from looking at the matchup and, and and then obviously watching it on TV here in Detroit. It just, it never looked good. It wasn't like they didn't have chances, by the way. They right. did plenty of chances. I mean, you can look at the, I'll t- just tell you really quickly on this from the third and fourth, third and fourth uh, uh, periods. They had eight carries, 41 yards, lost the ball on downs. Ele- I'm sorry, 11 plays, 73 yards, lost the ball on downs. Six plays, seventy or thirty-three yards, lost the ball on downs. This is the fourth quarter now. Seven plays, fifty-seven yards, turned the ball over again on downs. That's five plays, legitimate scoring plays, and got zip out of them. Well, how about this? Uh, the Lions went into the Patriots tilt, Mike, uh, averaging a league best thirty-five points per game. The Lions become just the second team in the last twenty-five seasons to enter a game leading the league in scoring and getting shut out. And that goes back to what you were just discussing. The Lions also become the first NFL team to fail on fourth down six times. Six times. In one game. In yeah. One game. yeah, right. Over for six. Uh, yeah, un- for unbelievable. Six. Well, that means they also failed on third down, too. So that's, that was part of their problem. They couldn't convert on third down, turned it over to fourth down, and didn't do any better there. I mean, it's not like the Patriots lit it up under Matt Patricia. They no. beat the Lions with what five field goals? <laughs> five field think... goals, five field goals, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and then a legitimate touchdown on their own. Mike, do you uh, think Matt Patricia like brought any something extra because he, you know, got fired? You know, I think he probably has a, a few insights into the Detroit Lions, into their personnel. Not not what they do because it's a different coaching regime, different uh, you know, different schemes and things like that. But I probably he probably has some feelings for some of their players. I wouldn't think it would be any any great you know um, knowledge of of their what they do, but but probably something. But you know, the, to me, the, in all of this, the big thing is it's it's Bill Belichick. I mean, how often does Bill Belichick get fooled by anything? And what he does is, you know, and Dan Campbell has talked about this, he finds your weakest area and he goes at it. And that's part of what they did. Turned out to be that they really hammered away at the Lions' inside protection, the, the guards, which are good guards, but didn't work for them yesterday, and just hammered away and, and disrupted a lot of what they wanted to do in the running game and a lot of what they wanted to do in the passing game, which is what, you know, one of the reasons you had. Uh, Jared Goff on the run, you know, from really from start to finish. Uh, how about this Bill Belichick number? Uh, the Patriots, Mike, improved to 5-0 and <laughs> under Belichick with quarterbacks drafted outside the first round making their debut start. Uh, Bailey Zappi was a fourth-round selection, so he's involved in this. The rest, of the, N- the rest of the NFL is 30-80 and 80 in such games since Belichick became New, uh, New England's coach in 2000. Well, you know what that tells me? If you're going to start a rookie quarterback, hire Bill Belichick for one game. For crying out loud. Let's talk about Jared Goff. 
uh, and what he did. 19 and 35, 229 yards, had that uh, ill-timed pick, and, of course, the fumble taken back to the house. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy year for him, Mike, and it's a very important year for him. Uh, what does he have to do, in your opinion, to become the Lions quarterback of the future? Well, I think he's pretty close to nailing that down. What he has to do is just keep doing what he was doing before Sunday. I mean, he was playing really good football. Uh, was he, you know, Patrick Mahomes? No, but there's only one of them. If you're saying you don't have the Patrick Mahomes, well, you're not going to get one. But, no, I think he's very, very close to having it locked up if he hasn't already now. If he deteriorates, and if this is just the start of, a, you know, of the, you know, 13 more games like this, then, then he's not the guy, but I don't anticipate that happening. I mean, one thing about him is, He's an accurate, accurate passer, and he's got a good sense for the game. But, oh, not necessarily an athletic quarterback. I wouldn't call him that, but, but certainly, you know, willing. The one thing, you know, there's one statistic that uh, Tim Twentyman, my writing partner at DetroitLions.com, came up with that when he was under pressure, he was three of fourteen under pressure yesterday. And you could see they flushed him out of the pocket. But it's also oh, yeah. under pressure and running, you know, sometimes throwing the ball away, but certainly didn't do as well under pressure yesterday as he did, you know, and just dropped back the clean look and throwing the ball. Speaking of pressure, there's some pressure on Dan Campbell, at least in the court of public opinion. Oh. Is there real pressure on him now, do you think, I, in, inside that building? Uh, pressure? I wouldn't say pressure. I don't you mean job pressure, job security. Yeah. I don't think so. If, look, this is purely speculation on my part. If the, if the team completely fell apart, if it, if this if it was the, the atmosphere it was in the third and final year of, of uh, Patricia, yeah, then I think he would be because they don't want to go through another thing like that where they've got young players and, and, and I wouldn't call it mutiny under uh, Patricia, but it was pretty close. If it, if it you know devolved into something like that, yeah, but I don't see that. I don't see that happening with this group of players and this coaching staff. But look, I've been surprised before. You never know. Well, elsewhere, uh, already an NFL head coaching firing. That Matt yeah. Rule with the uh, Carolina Panthers, that decision might coming less than 24 hours after the uh, Panthers' 37-15 loss to the San Francisco 49ers and less than three years into the seven-year $62 million contract Rule was given in January of 2020 because at one time, at that particular time, he was considered coaching gold with what he did at Temple as well as Baylor. Uh, David Tepper, uh, the owner of the uh, Panthers, Mike, basically said, look, you've got to win and you've got to get better. And he didn't. And he's owed a little north of 40, 40 million dollars. How about that? I love to coach football. <laughs> My God. And that's something. Yeah. 40 mil. He's now, only made 20 something. He's got 40 more coming just for being a bad coach. Uh, Mike, do you think with social media being as prominent as it is uh, that not even just NFL teams, but sports teams are under a little bit more pressure to right the ship uh, than maybe prior to social media? Do you think it has anything to do with anything? I, I don't know about that. I think I think that there's a certain group of owners, a certain type of owners, who are sort of maybe new to the game, new to the sport, new to ownership, are less patient. You know, and they're also they're well funded. They've got a lot of money. I mean, certainly Tepper's. You know, he's loaded. This is. I don't, don't think he likes writing. You know, checks of forty million dollars for guys who aren't, aren't working for him anymore. But he can he can sustain it without, without you know not even losing a 
minutes sleep over it, but I think it's probably a, the newer group of, of uh, owners that account for that, not just in this sport, but in all sports. I, that's what a point I was making earlier today, that it's it's so early to be, you know, having a list of candidates to replace Dan Campbell. I mean, they've said all along that this rebuild would take a while. This is year two. Yeah, you know, it's look, it's not like they were getting dragged up on you know, up one side of the field and down the other in the first four games. I and mean, you look at the games they games they lost, they were all what a two, three point games and a four pointer. I mean they were in the games and, and you know, one thing, and I, this is just my own theory or own, own thought, and this qualifies as a theory, but I think the fans will accept losing. They don't like it if you're entertaining and if you're, if you're fun to watch. And it's certainly been that at, at Ford Field this year. I mean, putting up those numbers on the scoreboard, you know, like, you know, 37 points, 38 points, 45 points. That's been fun in that building. It really has. Now, they only got one win out of it, but those were games that came right down to the last possession you know if only the defensive line could have you know held on third and fourth down a couple of times turned the ball back over to the offense i i, I believe that the lions would have won a couple of those games because that's how hot and how productive and how well that offense was rolling but it didn't happen but it certainly can't really have a lot to complain about the offense you saw a little bit of improvement on the defense uh jamie and, and we'll see if they can carry that but they've got when they come back off the bye, it's certainly not going to be an easy. It's no better roses with you know with the Cowboys and and the Dolphins and then the Packers to deal with. I was going to say, Mike, the immediate future uh, for yep. the Lions. Good news, bad news. The good news is you are getting a bye, and for a team that has really been banged up, and we saw uh, some more injuries to the secondary on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, again, it comes at a good time. Now, the bad news is when you come back. Uh, you get the Cowboys. Right now they're four and one. They look very impressive, dismantling Matthew Stafford and the Rams in Inglewood yesterday, twenty two ten, sacking Matthew Stafford, Mike, five times. The uh, Cowboys D is legit. No, absolutely. You know, with uh, Michael uh, Michael uh, Parsons, uh, kid from uh, from Penn State, you know, drafted I think eleventh or tenth overall last year. Really, just a, a tremendous football player. And some people think that he is the best defensive player in the National Football League now. That's, I'm sure that's open to debate. Just go out to the Los Angeles Rams and talk about their star there. He might not agree with that, but it's, it's that's a team that's really, I think, better better than people thought. It's very off, it's very seldom, I should say, that the, that the Dallas Cowboys exceed expectations. It really is because, or, or their own projections are always, in their mind, they're going to, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders every year. And they haven't, you know, been back to the Super Bowl in what 27 years, but they are right now. They are a legit, legit contender. All right, Mo. Appreciate your time as always. Hey, take the week off, would you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, you know what? I'll see if I can get next week too. How about that? I'll just show up for the game. All right. Uh, appreciate your insight, Mike. As always. Okay, great. And Jamie, congratulations again. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, our friend from DetroitLions.com, Mo Better Blues, Mike O'Hara. Stick around. More to follow here as we continue with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back into the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Again, special thanks to our friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Uh, Now, here's the deal. I'm in the Lazy Boy yesterday uh, watching the uh, Buccaneers and Falcons go at it. And Falcons down uh, by six, three minutes to go. 
three seconds as well. Uh, they appear to stop the Buccaneers at midfield. Uh, you got Grady Jarrett coming through with a sack of number 12. I'm thinking that's a big play for the Falcons there. Big play. Now there's a flag. Uh, referee Jerome Bulger calls roughing the passer. Now you talk about lighting up social media. Immediately, people were absolutely beside themselves. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, with all the tools that you have available as an officiating crew at the world's highest level, you still call a penalty on that at a very critical situation for the Falcons. Because as we're talking, James, we know the NFL is a win league. That's it. So they put themselves via a great play by Grady Jarrett to perhaps win the game, a big win for them on the road against Brady and the Buccaneers, and this call is made. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, did you see the video? To me, that's a regular tackle and a sack of a quarterback, but he's not a regular quarterback, so they get the call. Nicholas, weigh in on this. I mean, uh, Brady didn't – it wasn't like he was thrown to the ground recklessly because I think over a period of time we've all come to – understand a true roughing the passer penalty you know if he did he didn't throw his body weight on him he didn't land hard on him and drive him through the ground brady actually landed on Jarrett. yeah didn't even land on the ground i saw one player tweet that they're protecting brady because of his age and it's not the defender's fault that he's playing at 45 years old like the referees can't officiate however old tom brady is uh, just a, a ridiculous, ridiculous call. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself at the time, is this the way it's going to go here in Brady's lazy boy season uh, that well, he's going to get stuff like that? Well, probably is the answer to that. But I know they're trying to protect quarterbacks in this league, but if you can't tackle the quarterback, like how are you supposed to play? Well, you know what? And uh, I'm sure the defensive fraternity – is uh, saying just that. Because, look, the way the game is designed, you're at a disadvantage on the defensive side of the ball as it is because we know the NFL wants points. But, again, in a win-based league, you really stuck it to the Falcons yesterday with that call. And then for Boger to come out afterwards and say that Jarrett unnecessarily threw Brady to the ground unnecessarily it's the game I think it was necessary to try and win the game you play to win the game I was hoping uh somebody was going to uh make that reference (laughs) I love it uh coming up this week by the way uh the Red Wings preseason has come and gone uh Derek Lalonde is Beginning his run, officially, 7 o'clock Friday night at Little Caesars Arena. The Red Wings opening the season with Les Habitants du Montreal, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Expectations, James, for the winged wheelers in this new season? I think better than last year because the young guys have a year under their belt. You have Steve Eiserman bringing a couple different players in. Uh, if you look at ESPN, they ranked them 24th. 
They had some home wins last year that they didn't have the year before, and so they're trending in the right direction. You know, they have uh, a lot of young talent. I like what uh, Steve Eiserman is building, of course, uh, through the draft. Uh, the whole Tyler Bertuzzi thing, is he going to be able to go on the road this year? What's... I think so. Okay, yeah. thank goodness for that. Uh, Lucas Raymond, the rest of the boys in the band. But it's interesting, uh, reading up on the uh, National Hockey League, the preseason prognostications and whatnot, many still under the impression that the Red Wings are probably another year away from postseason contention. Yeah, I think that too. Maybe, you know, they surprise people down the stretch. But if ESPN's got them 24th, that's not exactly you know, high. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, the Pistons, they've got a couple of uh, preseason games left. Uh, they've got the Thunder at LCA, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, they will host the Grizzlies, 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Their regular season will begin Wednesday night, uh, the 19th of this month, 7 o'clock start. They will play host to the Orlando Magic. I don't know if uh, probably inside the last five, six, seven years, the expectations for this Pistons team have been as great as they are now. Yeah, I mean, people love that young core, and I think that they're going to be good. But I think they're, you know, a, a few years away as well. Uh, they haven't looked that great. They've been turning the ball over in preseason, and Killian Hayes is still Killian Hayes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh going to be very interesting to see how – uh, Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham gel because mm-hmm. there there have been uh, some signs of brilliance in this preseason and I, I, I get what you're saying that you know they're still turning the ball over and whatnot but um, Dwayne Casey uh, I think this is what he is going to be so very special at in this year because I've said it before I'll say it again I like the way he goes about his business because I think he's a teacher first and then a coach and uh, he's got a lot of young talent here. Uh, not to mention some existing guys like Sadiq Bey, who I thought was very impressive last year. You bring aboard Jalen Duran. Uh, you know, Isaiah Livers will make some uh, contributions, and they go out and get the uh, – well, he's kind of like the grandpa of the team. He's only 33, <laughs> Bojan Bogdanovic. Been yeah, practicing I mean, that he's, name. Uh, he's an old guy compared to all these, like, kids that are playing. But that's why they have Dwayne Casey, too you know, mold these young players. And it's certainly a young core. It could be exciting. We'll have to see what they do. How many times uh, during any given Pistons practice will Bojan hear this? Gramps, I'm open. (laughs) What I thought was so funny was when they introduced their young players after the draft, um, Casey was like, I got to figure out some uh, nicknames because I can't do Jaden and Jalen. I can't do it. Right. A little confusing. Uh, Nicholas, your thoughts on the Pistons? You excited? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm stoked. I mean, I think Cade's going to take a a big step this year. I mean, he had a great rookie year, but um, from what we've seen, there's no ceiling for Cade Cunningham. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing him this year. And uh, like me, he put on ten pounds of muscle in the off season. (laughs) Another ten? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's getting out of hand, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Slow down. You know, Get out of the gym, Steve. I know. You know, it's kind of stupid. They, they even tell me that at the gym. Hey, just go home, would you, pal? Uh, but, you know, he's looking to build on a tremendous rookie season. Uh, average 17 points to lead all rookies. Second with 5.6 assists per game as well. So, uh, hey, Monday Night Football. Big showdown from the AFC West tonight. Uh, now, quickly, we'll just go back to what went down last week from the NFC West. 
you took Matthew and the Rams. I took the 49ers. Yeah, I lost, didn't I? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep her going because my goal, partner, to be honest with you, is to have you buy, just buy me a brewery at the end of this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I owe you. You should start betting diapers, Steve. I think that's more valuable right now. No, it's formula. Uh, yeah, I said formula. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's that's the deal. Because everybody's got a drink. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the battle Me cry. Me and my wine, you and your brewery, and little Olivia needs some formula. Yeah, and uh, that'll be a nice little uh, wager. Now, uh, have you had a little bit of vino? Yes, you can have it in oh, between, yeah. you know, feeding. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, welcome back to the club. Thanks. It's great to be back in the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. We'll have that uh, Monday night uh, preview coming up for you here as we continue with the sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right. Your Monday night showdown getting underway uh, not that long from now, 815 to be exact, comes to us from the AFC West, the Raiders. They are one and three. Devontae Adams thinking, I left Green Bay for this. Uh, They are at Arrowhead to take on the sizzling Kansas City Chiefs. They are three and one. And uh, I've always enjoyed this matchup. The Raiders and Chiefs, if you want to know, they've played 126 times, including the postseason, with the Chiefs winning 70 of the games and the teams tying twice. It's a classic. There's no way around it. Great way to end the week, these two teams. You know, even though the Raiders are 1-3, and they play the Chiefs hard every time. Uh, Nicholas, who you like in this one? I like the Chiefs. Um, I mean, they're rolling right now, even without Tyreek Hill on that offense. I just hope Monday night football doesn't end up like Thursday night football was last week. I mean, that was Oh, my God. And this Thursday isn't looking much better. So you clearly have Amazon Prime. I do, yeah. I'm, uh, Steve uh, included me on the 30-day trial. so <laughs> You know, it's going to be interesting to see how many people bolt because uh, that uh, Broncos-Colts thing last Thursday was such an abomination. Uh, couldn't believe it. And like you say, uh, you're at the mercy of the scheduling. And who is it this Thursday? Washington and Chicago. Ooh. Barn burner. Oh. Yeah. Do you like Michaels and uh, Herb Street? You know what? I, I don't have a problem with him. I know there was a concern because Herb Street, his chops are all from college football. I don't think that he's missed a beat, really. I, 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 I just don't. I mean, there's times that, you know, he says something that it's like, what? What do you mean? What? But, I mean, don't we all? But, you know, I think they're okay. You? Yeah, I think Herb Street's the best. So, I think he's the best in college by far. So, now you, as the staff degenerate, uh, yeah, you have me. a you have a Mahomes stat you'd like to share. Yeah. So last season, Mahomes they went fourteen and six overall, the Chiefs. But Mahomes last season was ten and ten against the spread, and this season he is two and two against the spread, but they're three and one overall. So against the spread, you would think Mahomes as good of a quarterback he's been in his career, but Against the spread, it's not always a great bet. Well, and that being said, the Chiefs are lying seven to the Raiders. 
What Seven's a lot in a primetime game. It is. And uh, I, I think the Chiefs are just back to being the Chiefs. But before I forget, I laugh my derriere off every time I see the Andy Reid commercial with the mustache thing. I mean, it's hysterical. Don't you think? Have you seen it, Nick? I have not. No, I, I, I can't recall. Oh, it is it is so well done. Uh, unbelievable. But, you know, Travis Kelsey, the fine Chiefs tight end, uh, I, I kind of compare him to Cooper Cup because you're talking about two dudes. Everybody knows their main target, but they find a way to get open. Kelsey, by the way, could tie the great Tony Gonzalez's franchise record with a catch in his 131st consecutive game. Kelsey would also tie Gonzalez for second among NFL tight ends with his 31st 100-yard receiving game. Uh, what a career that cat's having. Uh, Jamie, you kind of dropped out. Have you seen the Andy Reid commercial? I have not. Oh, you, you got to uh, Google it. It's hysterical. And, you know, you look at Andy Reid on the sideline and you're thinking just this stoic dude that doesn't really show emotion. It is hysterical. All right. Which way are you going there, Jamie? I'm going the Chiefs are going to win but not cover. Is that because my stat? <laughs> You're yes, welcome. you've swayed me. You swayed me. Okay, Blake's so on a hot streak right now, so I would I would follow Blake. Yeah, but you know what? The boogeyman is no slouch. What? Uh, so you are taking the Raiders and seven, correct, James? Yes. All right. Anybody else what, want any action? What is our like record right now with our betting? I know you're up. Yeah, I think I'm up uh, two right now, all okay. things being equal. Because the uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, when we had the uh, double um, Monday nighters, it was a wash. Yeah, it was a draw. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Raiders anyway. in the under. That's the pick. Raiders and the under. Uh, this Devontae Adams thing. I thought that was going to ignite the uh, Raiders offense. But uh, as a one and three club... And by the way, they will go into Arrowhead, an 0-2 team on the road. Uh, they still got uh, maybe some gelling to do, he and Carr. That's what I think anyway. Oh, <laughs> were you waiting for me to speak there? I think Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams. It's just like a rough, a rough situation for him. He had a 100-yard receiving game last week. Yeah, you know, I... I think it's uh, too soon to say that it's uh, not happening. But uh, at the same time, as we well know, you know, with our uh, beloved Honolulu Blue and Silver now, one and four. One and four, for crying out loud. Yeah, and when do you think they get their next win? Bears? (laughs) I was talking to Ken Brown. Uh, Why'd you do that? I don't know. It's just something (laughs) that... It's something that uh, you know it, you can't uh, you can't get away from 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 time to time. Let's assess the situation here because I guarantee you it's not going to be in Dallas. Uh, will it be home against the Dolphins? Is Tua back? It's Tua early to tell. Uh, oh. The Packers, the Packers aren't the Packers this year. That's true. my vibe. Do you agree? Yes, true. I mean they just fell, but. I don't know. 
I think uh, I think the Lions will beat the Packers at Ford Field. That's Whoa. a bold statement. I know. Aaron Rodgers is usually pretty good at Ford Field. Well, you know what? Uh, raise your hand if you had the uh, Lions with an automatic win on November 20th against the Giants on the road. Yeah. yeah. The Giants. What the hell's happening there? Maybe a little lightning in a bottle for them. Well. Dayball's a great coach. I'll tell you what. He's pushing all the right he's buttons right now. Um, but I'll tell you what. Are they second guessing the uh, signing of Kenny Galladay? Huh? True. Yes, hundred percent. Because he doesn't even play. Does he dress? He's uh, he's played in four games. He's got two receptions on six targets for twenty-two yards. That was a mistake. And you kind of Matthew Stafford every day for all the money that he's made. But you know what? Exactly. Even even when he was here, though, Nick, we had him at that time. There was a lot of questions about his work ethic. And the Lions decided they weren't going to pay him, pay him that dough, and I don't think anybody was bummed out about it. Sure, he had moments of brilliance here. But at the same time, you could see there were signs of baggage. Am I right? Uh, Yeah. He never really got much separation, so he was really a 50-50 receiver, and, and Stafford loved throwing the ball in, in 50-50 balls. So I think they, they were the perfect match. But, yeah, I don't think he can fit in every offense or on every team. All right. Well, what do you know? Our uh, time together once again, it just flies by. James, so happy you're uh, back in the fold. Thank you. That was super fun. Uh, we'll uh, count on it again uh, next week. You are taking – the seven and the Raiders. Eight fifteen yep. is the kick from Arrowhead. The Chiefs and Raiders going at it. Blake, thank you. Nikki, thank you. Thanks for listening to seven sixty WJR.